0: Back everybody to another episode of overdue rentals podcast the show where we talk about films that people are not talking enough about i'm matthew shuckman
1: and i'm cinema blends mike reyes and another episode i thought we just did one
0: well yeah Yeah. you know what welcome back to part two people of our taskmaster spectacular i kind of said it a little bit you know for those who are here I'm sure you already know what we're going to talk about. We'll get, well, we'll do a little bit of descriptive first, but I kind of mentioned it when we did talk to Alex and I didn't mention it to Greg, um, you know, and for people who know Mike and I, you know, we, we we talk to so many different people and I was talking to my brother the other night and the, the idea that I've gotten to talk to so many people that were heroes of mine growing up that I love, you know, Ben Kingsley, Terry Gilliam, Michael Gambone, uh, you know, just to name a few. There's so many um, uh, and Alex and Greg, kind of fit into that same category and i think a lot of people you know either wouldn't expect that i would feel that way like this is this was big for me and i'm so glad that we got to talk to them even if just for a short while
1: that's also a reason why i was glad that we got these two episodes was just you both of us were good enough friends that we know if someone comes into our email like someone that we're i'm really crossing my fingers on for a possible future episode we know that when we see that, it's like, oh, Matt's going to want that or Mike's going to love that. And (laughs) that's, I I was really glad to see us land this because again, Alex and Greg are both fantastic. And I believe today is Greg's turn. Yeah. So
0: you're, you're all here to listen to Lord Greg Davies episode uh, where, you know, he is the quote unquote taskmaster in the, in the taskmaster world for people. You know, a lot of people may know him though, from because, you know, the Inbetweeners is a show that got, uh, you know, well-liked uh, overseas as well. So, you know, he was the movie of the Inbetweeners. He has Man Down, which is a show a lot of people saw Cuckoo because it's on uh, Netflix here. And oh, since yes. it had Andy Sandberg in the first season, then Taylor Lautner after, a lot of people watched that. So they may know Greg from that. Uh, as well as just his stand-up and from seeing him other places, you know. Um, he's a guy that I think a lot of people will know if they've never seen Taskmaster or his other works and or, or known. Um, so he's a, he's somebody who's really special uh, and I'm so glad we got to talk to him. And uh, I also love, we'll get into his um his overdue rental choice, but I love that he yeah. shows something that's a little more modern.
1: But um, well, still is very applicable for several reasons
0: and our Taskmaster
1: definitely tasked us. Like yeah, well, this is another one where we got a surprise And again, you know, we we went through the whole background in the other episode, but I'll just lay it down for you quickly. Thank you, Michael. Last Master Op came up really quickly and we're like, yes, we want this. We need this. We like people. And we got two really great conversations and, you know, you'll you'll hear us basically doing the bulk because, you know, it's a press day and you don't always get like a longer show length sort of chat with people. But again, it's all about taking the moment and just doing the work, all those other things that people like to say when they're accepting awards, and uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to throw awards our way, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I I, I believe we may have earned something. I mean...
0: I'll let Greg write the speech, on. too. I'll let Greg write the thanks thank you speech for it.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're probably going to have to dive into that reference later, but for now, <laughs> I'm assuming we're going to want to get to our talk with Alan... No, with... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Craig Davies.
0: Greg
1: Davies. Why is
0: it Alan Davies? I don't know. Well, I, well it's actually it's Greg Davis in, te- in essence, but now Alan Davies, Alan Davies is another British comedian. Most people know him as the one always. Um, he's from a lot of stuff. He, he's from a sitcom named Jonathan Creek. He's a stand-up. The stand-up stuff as well as his own. But um, if you ever watch QI. Alan is the one constant that's on always QI, and he was also a contestant on Series 12 of Taskmaster along with Gus Khan. Um, so we need Gus Khan on this show. Before, but before Greg, before we get Greg in, though, we should mention that he ended up choosing the Danish film Writers of Justice, which is by Anders Thomas Jensen, uh, Anders Thomas Jensen, excuse me, uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen as well as a lot of other people. We won't go into the whole cast list right now, but um quick brief description for those who haven't seen it uh and i'm gonna try and be kind of cryptic about it in, in a lot oh, of ways dude. Oh, in, dude. in essence it's a revenge film but it's it's a revenge film about a group of people who think they know the real reason behind a tragic accident that has killed or maimed some people that they were involved with and they kind of take matters into their own hands that's i think that's a very cryptic way of putting it right
1: well yes yes and ladies and gentlemen if you just you should just dive in with that uh the film is available at the time of this recording on hulu to stream uh as well as another mads and nicholson movie i need to catch up with another round which does get mentioned in here but yes uh we will get into spoilers on the other side of the conversation with greg so uh we're gonna have greg davies from Taskmaster on overdue rentals Subscribe to Taskmaster Supermax Plus. So
2: much for joining us. Not at all. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I know I know how um, I know how busy you guys are. it's, yeah, it's been a long afternoon, but I'm I, I've I've got it in me to take this home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the spirit.
0: We love to hear around here. So you know, we just want to jump right into it. Um, and you know, I want to skip actually past the idea that you know, really quickly that we have um, series 13 coming up and. A lot of these U.S. viewers are going to be able to see Series 9 in its full, in its full entirety soon that they may have missed. Yeah. And I have to ask, because while I'm sure you did write that speech for the National Comedy Awards, I just want to make sure before I go any further, you actually wrote that. I did write that. What I love about it is I think, I think it's amazing because I know we you know from what we hear, what we see, Alex is a little reserved in, you know, kind of – pumping himself up, I guess. And I love, I love that speech because, yes, it's funny and it made people laugh, but it did show how much you appreciate, not only you and appreciate him and, and the Andes and all of them, but that he does deserve to be
2: recognized for this. Sure. And, and, I, and I do think he is. He's not, um, uh, he really isn't. Uh, he's quite unusual in, in the world of entertainment. He really isn't, hasn't got much of an ego. Um. But I, I hope that um, the rest of us have made sure that he's got his due credit for this show along the way. I certainly like to think I've done my bit in reminding everyone who came up with this show, whilst insulting him. <laughs> whilst insulting him because he's a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. As 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 Mike, my 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 co-host knows, you know, I I'm one of those people that religiously watches. I mean, not just Taskmaster. I religiously watch so much stuff that probably, you know, took a while for it to get to my eyes, uh, you know, before YouTube and all that other fun stuff. I remember back in the day, you know, PBS, like I see Blackadder at least, you know, but it took a while until now where I can get these things, you know, more easily than anything else.
2: So you watched a lot of British stuff, you mean?
0: Oh, I I think I should have been British, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my father, my father raised me on Monty Python and all this other stuff, but, you know, we would, we would hunt down stuff that we heard about that we couldn't find
2: necessarily oh wow yeah right and did you watch the did you watch them the young ones and bottom oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah right so that's that's what got me the young ones was what to you're probably a lot younger than me you are a lot younger than me but the young ones in this country was a jesus christ a comedy revolution from for me and my friends we it blew our tiny minds
0: well it's it's funny
2: because i mean not to not to take away from taskmaster
0: already but I, I've mentioned this to a few people because they tried so hard to get Rick Mal. Of course, you know played. You know, for those who don't know, Mikey doesn't know maybe. Uh, also played uh, your father on on Man Down. Um, yeah, yeah. You know when 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 they made. Um, uh, I almost said right. Said Fred. Drop dead Fred.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and. But I that was the thing. Like I would see him as as a, uh, as um, Flash Art on Black adder. So I'd search from there and find out what I can, which is how I get to the young ones.
2: Right. Well. Well. The the, the reason I thought to mention it actually it, is because um, uh, in in my my sitcom Man Down that you just referred to, we ha- Rick Mayo was in it, and as a consequence, we got Mark Hamill. Uh, to, to play a cameo in it because he was such a, a, a Rick Mayall fan. Oh, that's how that happened. Okay. And, and that's how he, he came to agree to it. We, we never thought for a second he'd say yes, but just by chance, like you, he discovered British comedy and he discovered Rick Mayall in Blackadder and, uh, and then went on to be a huge Bottom fan. So just to be in the same show that Rick Mayall had been in was enough for him. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that kind of explains how he sort of, you know, out of his vocal toolbox that he has, he always he always has had like a pretty good British accent, at least from, you know, an American's ears. So yeah. that definitely explains that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. But it's fun- it's funny how, how comedy and pe- people developing little nerdy crushes on shows uh, can lead to things. Yeah, I love it.
0: Well, going back to Taskmaster, you know, since that's the subject on hand, of course.
2: Yeah, of course.
0: You know, I know this has been bought up so many times up now, but are you still, because am- again, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would consider myself as American as America can be or anything like that. But you still get amazed by the fact that you're reaching so many different places with, with this, that there are people who are just, you know, you can, you can say for they're from Timbuktu and you're like, yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I you know, I know you're going to see it.
2: Oh, I, we can't believe it. And I think that it was lockdown that showed us the reach that it's got. Mm. Because um, we did um, uh, home tasking for for families, that you know, who are in lockdown to try. And, and, you know, obviously, I just did my role. I came in and judged them at the end. But it soon became apparent they were from all over the world that we were getting videos from all across the states. More than most countries, We we, we got... So many uh, American families and couples sending us their crazy response to the tasks. And it was just... um, I don't want to be... I I don't want to seem mawkish, but it was really quite touching. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was... I I, I don't want anyone who uh, watches Taskmaster to think I've got a heart, but um, (laughs) it was quite touching to see people who were, you know, globally, we were all... We were all in a pretty miserable place. And yeah. It was great to see everyone joining in. So we were thrilled by the fact that it's found its way overseas. Yeah.
1: And yet somehow Taskmaster US couldn't get off the ground.
0: Well, you know, yet. <laughs> Fair. Well, I was going to say, you know, talking about how you don't want people to know you have a heart, which of course they know you have a heart. But I think that's what's interesting, too, when you look at the other versions of Taskmaster, because, yeah, I don't want somebody to do the exact same, you know, carbon copy of, of what you're doing. They don't have to act literally like you, but for as serious and stern as you can be with people, you're always still going to crack up. Where I watched in you know, New Zealand, he never, he never, he never breaks. He never breaks. It's, it's just, it's very sternness. So it, it's great to see you guys still be able to make each other laugh during all of this.
2: Well, it's yeah. And I I haven't I haven't deliberately haven't watched any of the remakes overseas um, in case I start speaking differently. Um, But um, yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a unique position to be in, I think, where I where I get given ultimate power in the show and I am a, a preposterous pantomime authority figure. Uh, but at the same time, I get to laugh my head off and um, and I don't really want to dissect it too much of how, <laughs> how that dynamic works. But, uh, I, you know, I don't have to stay in character, uh, but they they know that I have the fi- I think it's that they know that I have the final words. So so they may as well fall into line ultimately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I you know, I'm very lucky, very lucky to be playing that role and still I still get to piss around, you know. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing too,
0: you know, like going back to, you know, as an American, we love British humor, you know, because we all look, there are, there are plenty of witty Americans, but the, you know, there's, there's something about quick wit that
2: we'll never get that you guys have in spades. I don't know about that. Oh, I okay. I don't know whether I subscribe to that because I'm such a fan of, of American comedians and comedy. And I think, um I think you, I don't know, I think sometimes you guys put yourself down a bit, you know, some of my favorite comedians and some of my favorite shows. <clears throat> I mean, when I discovered Seinfeld for the first time, I didn't leave my home. I didn't leave my home for about a month. I became a recluse. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, not, there's nothing um, much, much cleverer than Seinfeld or Curve, <laughs> some of those great shows uh, over here. It's just a slightly different flavor. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I don't, I don't mean to say that there is, you know, cause there are plenty of things that I love too, that were American born, you know, sure, the more, yeah. more recent, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia still, I think one of the greatest things ever made. I'm not, Actually, I,
2: I'm I, yet to, I'm yet to get into it. So many uh, of my friends are huge fans of that show, but I've never, I've never sat down and gone, this is my time with this show, but it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and peep show are what, are what comedy should be,
0: but. Oh, uh, well, I'm a huge <laughs> peep
2: show fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah well that, that's the thing but I was talking more of the live you know just like right off the top of your mind kind of wit which again there yeah. are plenty of Americans who do have it it just seems to be more more common overseas. overseas oh, okay
2: I don't know I, I don't know if uh, there's more wit over here I don't know that's an interesting observation I'll keep an eye out <laughs> <laughs> please let me know well I'd even say the big difference
1: is British comedy has the drier aspect sort of awful. nailed down whereas we have more to uh to Greg's point sort of the self-deprecating is is where we sort of make yeah. our hay so to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean self-deprecating tends to be a staple for British stand-up comics that's for sure. That's the first thing we're taught is the first thing we're taught over here is don't uh <laughs> make, make sure you're the butt of the jokes yeah and, and that's something I've no, I, I noticed when I came and did some shows over in America I found that um uh, American comics were a bit more gladiatorial than perhaps we are uh, mm. I, I, and again that might be a generalization but I sort of I sort of f- find that we uh, we're very quick to turn the gun on ourselves
0: <laughs> yeah well, talking about all of these different things that we do love to watch, you know, on overdue Rentals, our favorite thing is to talk about films that people don't talk about anymore, whether they were things that nobody cared about when they came out, and so they had under the radar, or they were big popular hits but nobody talked about them anymore. Is there a film that, like, that you want people to know about that you don't think enough people watch or go out yes, there and see there is.
2: Yes, there is. And I'm hoping you haven't seen it. Okay. Because it's my favorite film for, oh my God, so many years. And it's a Danish film. Uh, subtitled, starring Mads Mickelson, who you'll recognize. Can I, take a, can I take a guess? Take the guess. Oh, I, f-
0: oh, I forgot the name of it now, though. Oh, it's, um, pri- so no, oh, I was going to go with something about a prince, because it was about the... Um, oh, I forgot. What's the, I can't remember the name of that I'm thinking of. What's the, what's the film? Royal Affair? Royal Affair.
2: That's what I was thinking of. Ah, no. Okay. And, and you, you might have been thinking it was um, a film called uh, Another Round. Which is no, about, no.
0: Which I was is thinking older about, too, like will the circle be unbroken? I think, or something like that. I was thinking older, yeah.
2: Right. Well, no, it's neither of those. The film I'm uh, thoroughly recommending to you is called Riders of Justice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, have you have seen it?
1: I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. And that that definitely counts because there is a groundswell of buzz around this movie on the internet. But I d- I think it's actually on Hulu right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. As we're
2: talking. I think it's, a, for me, it's the best film I've seen for 10 years. And I would say it is a rounded, it's so deliciously rounded and so comforting. It's a comforting, it's a comforting film of misfits being drawn together, but the vehicle is a violent revenge movie. <laughs> and uh, And I think... For, for me to have a tear in my eye at the end of a, 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 of a violent revenge movie because I'm, I don't want to spoil it, it's just a beautiful, wondrous film and so cleverly funny and um, so heartwarming and so fucking infuriating, sorry, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yeah, by all means, by all means. And so yeah. so, so infuriating because of the, the, the subtlety of the writing. And it all sits in quite a familiar format. That's the genius of it. It's not a revolutionary format, but, but, but the sum of its parts. My God, I loved that film.
1: It's just amazing how international cinema like that, or like, uh, I believe the original film is In Order of Disappearance, but then it was eventually remade into Cold, Cold Pursuit. Pursuit with Liam Neeson. Yeah, it's really <laughs> interesting to see how international cinema is like taking its cues from the fondness of those sorts of movies that you might have seen in the 80s but yeah perfects them a little more and then we go and remake them anyway and i don't know if we put it on i don't know if it's on the books but i'm sure someone
2: wants to remake writers of justice right well i i don't know whether anyone should exactly or even like (laughs) it's it's taken a lot of its cues from quite populist um filmmaking but but brought in that sort of that the, the uh, such a quirky take on it um i think it would be a mistake for it to be remade but uh yeah. man i love it anyway that's my film well that's a th- yeah that's a thing a lot of a lot of companies
0: since like 2010 i think a lot of the danish stuff that was coming out i mean like the hunt troll hunter and all these other films they all got <laughs> none of them got made but they all, I mean, got picked up to have Hollywood remakes, but luckily they never happened.
1: Believe it, right. another round, like the moment another round won an Oscar the next day, it's like, oh, by the way, uh, we want to remake it with Leonardo DiCaprio. And then it's like, right. oh, good luck getting that made.
2: Wow, is that, is that happening?
1: I haven't heard anything about it. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if it just kind of quietly went off into its corner and realized, I, I don't think we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get that magic in the bottle.
2: I'll tell you a film um, i can just keep rambling for a minute Yeah, I, by all means I'll tell you a film I saw that was remade over in the States And I was so fascinated by um, uh, What happened with it um, It's a film called Force Majeure Have you yes. seen that? Oh, yeah. downhill. Yeah, Downhill was, was the remake Right
0: with Will Ferrell uh, Right, for the
2: and, yeah. and I am I am such a huge uh, Will Ferrell fan um, but two more, two more contrasting films. I'm a huge Julia Louis Dreyfus fan as well, for that matter. Two more contrasting films. You could that they're not the same film, and yet they uh, they are the same premise. Yeah, I think it's uh, scientifically fascinating how two films can be so different <laughs> the same premise. I yeah, loved I, I loved watching both <laughs> for, for very different reasons. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I mean, it's just back to those, those differences of wit yet again, like th- just humor is this amazing skeleton key, but at the same time, it's so regionally specific.
2: Yeah. And the original force mature is so bleakly funny. It's so gut wrenchingly funny. And and the American version is, it is more overtly funny. And I guess both have their merits, but.
0: There are so many, there's so many things that just, you know, culturally, whether or not you get the joke or not, they don't act. They don't translate the same way and there have been yeah. so many films that we've death at a funeral um yeah. you know for instance that with it's like almost the same exact movie that just remade you know in America with different actors and it's it, it happens a lot I think especially with when we try to redo either Japanese or Chinese or Korean films yeah where there's a certain part of that culture that works a certain way which is why those original films work and they didn't work when you try to bring it over this way
2: yeah really interesting isn't it and I, I, I've just done a, sit, a sitcom over here um, that I adapted from a German sitcom. So I was the person adapting it from German humor to to try and make it relevant for the UK. And for, for was, cleaner, the cleaner, yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> yeah. the cleaner is a, is a, was originally a German show. So um, that threw up so many challenges. I probably haven't got time to tell you about, it, but fascinating, you know. Yeah, well, that'll
1: just be the next episode. You know, we invite them yeah. back to to go through all that.
2: Yeah, but well, okay. well, when someone in America make remakes Riders of Justice, I'm more than happy to step up and uh, <laughs> be the voice of reason for us. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm more, I'm more than happy to get involved.
0: <laughs>
1: well, even back to the subject of remaking TV shows, I still remember when America tried to remake The Thick of It, which those that product has not been shown to anyone, I don't think, outside of the room. I it no.
0: I think um, I remember seeing an episode or two. I mean, look. Well, they... no, they, happened and oh, they, Veep happened. Well, Veep happened, of course, uh, yeah. I'm forget-
2: I thought you were talking about Veep. Oh, no,
1: <laughs> no, there was an actual, like, I think they had Michael McKean and a whole bunch of others doing, I think, ABC. Oh, wow.
0: Well, they, and... did, they did the movie. They did the flip movie first. They did it in the loop first, right? Or was I, that an
1: That was something. I don't know where that fits into the timeline of all this, but I know that ABC had commissioned a pilot for Thick of It And it had like Michael McKean and a whole bunch of other comedy Mm. stars. And then it just, from what I heard, did not work. And I'm sure part of it was they're working on broadcast and they can't do what Peter Capaldi could do on a weekly basis.
2: Sure, right.
0: The worst things I've ever seen in my life are the American attempt to remake the IT crowd, even though Richard was there, doesn't work. But has anybody seen, Greg, have you seen the, Badly dubbed uh recording of the American tried version of Peep Show.
2: No. Oh no. my god,
0: it is awful. Is it it's awful. oh no? Not only not only do they just not like first of all, they still call it Peep Show and it's not first person, which I don't get that, but the the, the jokes fall so flat, it just does not work at all. It's awful. Don't don't oh, don't wow. see it.
2: yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I mean, there is some glory in a terrible remake, though. There is some look, I mean. The U.S. Office went well. Uh, the U.S. Ghosts is doing well. Really well a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of my friends over here are hardcore fans of the U.S. Office. That, you know, several of my comedian friends would state the U.S. Office as their favorite TV mm-hmm. show of all time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even there, you just have to get past that first half season where it's like, okay, we're really They're
2: ripping trying. on
1: concepts from the, the original And then eventually it just finds its stride and it's like, okay.
2: And then it it became its own show, right? So Yeah. yeah.
1: And then it's like, we know who we are and this is what we do.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd love to sit and talk more about this all day, uh, but unfortunately we have to let you go. So Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it.
2: Gentlemen, what a pleasure it was talking to you. Thank you for having me. Hopefully we'll talk again.
0: Ah, Anytime, doors open.
2: (laughs) Great. Cheers.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That was, look, we always talk to people. We always have great conversations, but there's some times where you come out of something and you're like, and we've talked about it before because he's not the only one, but there are just some people who kind of get the overdue rentals premise a little bit better than others. And Greg's on it. (laughs) Yes, yes,
1: and yes, because it is... I mean that's that's not to say other guests that we've had have totally missed it. That you know every everybody understands that there's a movie that they like, that they hold special to them. The deepening of the concept is finding those movies that not a lot of people have talked about, especially with something like Writers of Justice, where if I'm remembering correctly, what was that a 2020 release?
0: Uh, yeah, it was it was 2020, and I remember it's something where it took me a while to get to it because I wanted to see it desperately when it came out. And I can't remember if we talked about this during the interview. And I, cause I've, I've, this is one of these times where I say stuff and I feel like I'm being snobby or um, self-centered in a way, but I had tried to get, I mean, I've talked to Mads Mikkelsen before, but I was trying to get an interview for this. And because I didn't get the interview, I didn't see the film.
1: Yeah, uh, no, that's-, that's came not, out, yeah. Yeah, that's not a knock. I mean, I'll be, it, look, the, in, the, in the gig we're in, schedules are just as talent has schedules that sometimes cannot meet us we cannot always meet those titles in our schedule because it's just okay i've got this interview that i know is locked but if this interview is not a definite i'm going to wait a little while like it's not an offense to anyone it's just prioritizing to make sure that you're on the ball for the next the one that's coming next
0: exactly i want to see this but because i'm not covering it in a certain manner I'm going to skip it for now because I need to fit all these other things in. It's it's just the way things work, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Um, but uh, I I really want to get Mads Mikkelsen on here just because I got to talk to him recently for Fantastic Beasts and it was a non-traditional junket. It was a more of a fun video idea that they had us pitch. (laughs) Okay. And it was just so much fun. It was him and Jessica Williams paired in a room. And he just, uh, Jessica like sort of picked up on we were talking about like what fantastic beasts to adopt out to people and that sort of thing. And then we were both sort of riffing. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, obviously the, the man who is a bond villain would say that, you know, you shouldn't adopt this thing that needs a bond lair. And then Jessica kind of picked up on it and, and ribbed a little bit. And he's like, you guys know I was acting,
0: right? <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting, that's a, that's a good way to pick up and, and fit it back into writers of justice, because I think Mads is a guy that. Cool. A lot of people, a lot of people know who he is and a lot of people love him, but there are groups of people who only know him from being more, quote unquote, villainous characters.
1: Villainous or even just like side characters because people know him as the chief from Casino Royale. They'll know him as uh, the father who put the flaw in the Death Star
0: in Rogue One. Well, most people, Um, I think most people are going to pick him up. Most most people are going to pick him up from Hannibal, I think. As far as you know, just general audience kind of, kind of.
1: No, absolutely. But that kind of makes me sad because Riders of Justice is only one of the movies that I feel that people have slept on. Well, no, but I, to
0: what, I, what I wanted, I wanted to say something though. I wanted to make a point out of that because he has so many roles where he is. And yeah, the Star Wars Rogue One, you know, of course he is a, a good person, but he has so many roles where he is so sweet and kind of caring in certain ways. And right of justice is a way where even though it's more almost 90 10 as a split, he gets to kind of inhabit both worlds a little bit here. Oh absolutely. And, uh, and I can see it, it took a while for it to break to the 10% in, in this part of it, but he he kind of gets to 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 play all the sides this time around.
1: No, yeah, and again, uh, spoilers for Riders of Justice. If you're just joining us again and haven't seen the film yet, there is there's so much action that he gets to go into with this that I think we're sleeping on him as an action talent. Sure. Especially because if I remember correctly, he was a candidate for James Bond briefly, I think, or he went into audition, but then eventually auditioned for the Chief and mm-hmm. got it almost instantly of course like he did apparently the the story he told uh he and daniel craig did like a, a zoom interview like last year or, or the year before but he basically said that he showed up for the uh audition and then martin campbell was like so busy with all these other things he's like oh yeah you, you you've got it and he's like you don't want me to read he's like no you've got it and great choice there too because i just you
0: know well look like, i mean he's he already had he already had the pusher films Available for people to see. He already had stuff like The Hunt and all that stuff for people to see. So it's not like when he got that role, nobody knew who he was. I think
1: the hunt was after.
0: Was it after? Pusher was definitely before though. Pusher all the pusher movies were in the 90s, right? I don't remember. Now I have to now I have to look this up. Hold on. Because now I'm like, I think I'm mad. The
1: the greater point is like uh Mads Mickelson has this wonderful resume. Like a royal affair is another really good one because it was him. Alicia Vikander, and I think Matthias Schonarts. And it's just this beautiful, like I normally see something called the Royal Affair and I'm thinking, uh, is this going to be like costume drama? I'm usually 50-50 on those. This was-
0: And it is a costume drama, but no, yeah, I was the same way. And it wasn't like almost the very end of it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. really. Okay. So yeah, Pusher was 96. Pusher was definitely way before. And yeah. Pusher 2 was way before Casino Royale. Yeah. But um, The Hunt, but yeah, the hunt other... was way after. The Hunt was the same year as Royal Affair. You're oh my God.
1: And there's other ones that I've been wanting to catch up on him. Like uh, Flame et Citron is like a, a uh, World War II spy drama that he did. Uh, I still need to see The Hunt. I still need to see Another Round. Men and Chicken is That's another the... one that I've really I, wanted I, to right see.
0: Right before Greg said Rise of Justice, I thought Men and Chicken was the one he was going to end up saying. After we tried all our guesses and we couldn't get it right. I really want to see
1: that one because I love him and David Densick. And both of them have played Bond villains. but- That's
0: another. That's another Men and Chicken was also um, was also uh, Anders, right? I, I think know. it was Anders Thomas Jensen's film as well. It might have been. I
1: will research through the powers of the internet.
0: <laughs> but Men and Chicken is also another one I yeah. actually haven't seen yet either. Yeah.
1: Yep, that was another one of his, and that just looked so insane and i like when movies are insane and unsurprising like that but also Riders of justice you look at that from i don't remember the trailer that well but you look at it from a concept level and you're thinking it's going to be a straight-up revenge movie yeah there are so many moving pieces in this thing and even just the lyricality of how the movie starts and how the movie ends with the same girl wanting the bike and, you know, the whole Christmas theme. This, and then just, okay, what if Death Wish was done by intellectual director, writer here? Like, I'm trying to think of, I don't want to immediately just jump to Chris Nolan, but maybe just as a quick and dirty comparison, because basically with Writers of Justice, you think you're going in and it's like, Oh yeah, these guys are the Riders of Justice, and they're totally like you know gonna ride right. for justice. And it's about the Riders of Justice are supposed are supposed to be the villains, and well. then we start introducing these little concepts of causality and what if we do have a model that could show us how these things connect and if there was a fail safe way to trace revenge to its root.
0: Well, there's it's it's there's so many things that I want to talk about based on what you said too, especially you know again talking about the book endings because in, in so and the many mirroring ways, of the groups. Well sorry? The mirroring of the groups. It's well, like no, the of the Dead" gag. Yeah, but what I was gonna say about the the book ending more so was is that while it fits into the actual story as far as pars a piece of causality, it's also in essence like a classical French storytelling. A piece where it's like a it's a morality tale, like like the opening of uh, a serious man for people have seen a serious man, you know, where it's like it's not part of the actual story, but it's kind of like your little lesson that's built into one little piece. Um, but that's the thing about Writers of Justice, it's this movie that, you know, in essence, goes down this road of, you know, how things can affect each other, but in the same breath, they there's no way they can. And there's, you know, even if they do, there's all these moving pieces that make it impossible to kind of trace back to a place but then it also is very clearly a movie about understanding that you need to fucking ask for help and not just that but like it's it it has characters that you don't see in movies like i love the boyfriend serious because he's probably the only male uh young boyfriend in any movie that like even if he wants to be angry with him or like you know not listen to him that dude gets it. He's like one of the only people of that age group, of that type of character that is doing the right thing. And like, you you don't expect that from any movie. (laughs) No, because the way
1: they meet is so stereotypical. It's like, he punches him out because he's a dad and you're thinking, oh, okay, grieving dad. He's a little more authoritative. He's also um, a soldier that came back after his his
0: wife's passing. Very, very talented, you know, wet work type soldier, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like think Liam Neeson and take him basically. But you would think, okay, so he's just gonna really hate him from this point on and it's just gonna be that antagonism. But no, no, Sirius is a smart kid that obviously he's a good fit for his daughter, but also just is a good fit in the whole group. Because that's another thing that I loved about this is ultimately this group is brought together just as randomly as the things that happened to them happened. And everybody has their damage that they go into.
0: And that's, and that's the thing that's very tough to kind of almost describe, even for people who've seen this movie, because they're all broken before this. And we go through this whole story about how all this cause and effect really doesn't mean anything. But for their story, it was how they finally got help, and it, it did lead in a way to this thing that they claim they can't lead to, and so it's kind of it's almost mind boggling to try and think about it and and just map it out in any way. Um, but and and that, and you know I, I'm I'm even lost in what I wanted to even try and say with it, you know, at that point.
1: Even well, you just look at some of the relationships like uh, Lenart and Bodaska or Bodashka, Yes. Like
0: yeah.
1: you you learn. These little things you learn over time about these characters, and like you see that Lenar, these two characters bond because they've had serious abuse in yeah. their lives and serious mishandling. And there's that one scene where I, I'm, I, I'm even reticent to say, mention specific details, just I think, think I know what
0: you're I, gonna say, but yeah, yeah.
1: The scene where we're in the field, right? Where, in the- well, that's part of it because okay. he learned that Lennart, if I'm not mistaken, was abused as a child. Well, or at least from that that scene infers it. And then he, that's yeah. why he and Badaska bond. Yes, yes. Because we learn Badaska's horrible story. And then there's a scene with the two of them in the barn where he's like, do you, uh, th- where, where he propositions him in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm fine. And he's like, thanks friend. And thank you for not doing that.
0: Well, that's that. And that's the thing too. It's another movie where, because again, there's that assumption about Leonard, especially after that scene in the field. Um,
1: and that's a scene that I just, I'm kind of, I would be afraid to watch that in a crowd because some people might laugh at it thinking. Yeah, it's, that, it's yeah they like the wrong things. You really need to pick up the context because it's, because it's like, okay, I can see why this movie might be an interesting sell for some people because they may not know, okay, what can I laugh at and what can't I? And that's what I loved about this is the humor is so dry and so matter of fact that you you really need to watch it carefully also because it's subtitled you really need to watch and read carefully but also just picking up on that nuance where it's like some audiences might laugh at that scene yeah and think oh and then I'm just sitting there thinking oh I do not want to watch this with a the crowd that'd be laughing at it because that's not what this is going for
0: yeah, but going but going back to to that to the not just that scene but a lot of scenes. The whole point is that the movie is something that is very open in clearly telling you things, but not having to shove it in your face like it's pathetic exposition. Like there's all these small things that you can tell that they've not you know automatically they've had these problems and they've had these disagreements with each other in the past. But like then you get scenes where I can't remember what part it was, but where. Um, Leonard is yelling at, uh, at, at, at Emmentaler and um, Otto is like rubbing Emmentaler's back just like, Shh, it's okay. So they obviously had these like, kind of things they worked out between themselves already in the past that we don't get to hear about but you know they're there and it's clear and it's obvious.
1: That might've been at the, uh, or I noticed it at the end. It's I don't know the if end.
0: there was a... It's near the yeah. end, I he's wearing the Christmas sweater. I think that is the, maybe the end, because uh, he's wearing- yeah, the, it's at the end yeah. where
1: he gets the, the French horn, and then he's like, oh, my God, I don't have to listen to this shit. And he's like, he's not giving him time.
0: Yeah.
1: But even in that, like, just how much of a loop is this film? It starts and begins with the same French horn version of Little Drummer Boy and the girl with the bike and the girl is riding in figure eights, that little infinity pattern at the end. And this movie had me on, well, it didn't have me on edge, but I was just, obviously there's an unpredictable nature to it. And it's like, I really hope that these people, these people don't die, that that person doesn't die. And I was really hoping that there wasn't gonna be some sort of like twist at the end where it's like the girl gets hit on the bike and it's like random nature. And it's like, no, that's, it's not that kind of movie. And I'm glad it is.
0: Yeah, there are two things that you just reminded me of, and I don't know which one to go with first. Or not just, just remind me of, but one that you reminded me earlier and one you just reminded me of. But th- going back to that thing, though, because I think this is also about what Greg was talking about in, in his love for the movie, because it is something that has these very strange levels that is why I don't think, even if somebody wanted to, it would be a bad idea to remake this in, in, in Hollywood in any way whatsoever, because... Yeah, no. The, the level of humor here that gets pulled out is only something that I think comes with a cultural background it doesn't have to be just you know Denmark it could be it could work German wise it could work uh Norwegian wise um and there so there was one hard.
1: director I actually thought like if they were going to remake this there was one only one name I actually
0: did think of who was that Edgar Wright oh I I don't think I don't know I don't he even think i re- him to touch it. Well, yeah.
1: He would, I don't think he'd remake it so much as he would adapt it and set sa- and give it like the suggested by credit. But I think he would do his own spin with it. But he's one of the people that I think would have enough care with this to say, okay, look, I have the rights to this. It's not gonna be a one-for-one one, and I'm gonna do my own thing, but it's gonna be the same spirit. Like that's the only person I could think of. But that's not me saying I would want that. Yeah. I want more people to watch Riders of Justice as I had said in the interview, like sort of a, a, a talking point, but now I hold it even more firmly now that I've seen the movie. I don't want this to get an American remake. I Just like Another Round doesn't need an American remake. Well, and I well, haven't even seen that.
0: Well, then now there's two things like then you reminded me of. Because A, first of all, the thing with Another Round that would be really awful, even though I know they're going to be remaking it, is that's a very personal movie. Well, who knows don't if they it. even
1: follow through with it. They probably like, just bookended it. They earmarked it for like,
0: yeah. I don't know, I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't make something poignant of it also, but that's a personal movie that like, he went through some shit and that's why that movie was made. And we'll leave it at that. But, because what were you talking about during the interview with Greg, where you had mentioned about Mm -hmm. Cold Pursuit and uh, In Order of Disappearance, because that's also one of another example of, which has happened a few times before where the original director though, made the English version movie. True. Um, and I actually got to talk to him about it. I interviewed him about it uh, when it came out. but Because um, there's, there's, um, there was The Vanishing, which because unlike Cold Pursuit and In Order of Disappearance, The Vanishing was an amazing movie. Then they made the Hollywood version, same director, and he put the Hollywood ending on it. Oh. And then Michael Haneke, of course, uh, did his own money, money games. games, which is also more technically the same movie, but you know, unless you know, you, you know, you may not still like either of them, uh, to be honest with you, you know, because that's the movie that you got to really be ready for, I guess. Yeah. Um, but
1: especially with the big twist in that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, and even without it, you know, just the the stuff that goes on without it is, is, you know, could be tough for certain people, but, um, you know, yeah. But like the, the comedy and writers of justice is something that not a lot of people are going to understand how to handle. Uh, and it does come mainly from like, you know, one, you know, it is Leonard and Emmentaler that, you know, create it more than anything, but just watching, like when they, when they show you the father in Egypt and him talking about the horrible sandwich he ate and the, like, oh. I laughed, I laughed at that. I, I, didn't, I knew it was kind of, kind of new. And I'm just like, oh, that's, I, mean, I wasn't laughing, but I'm like, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. I did
1: not laugh. I kind of, I was just, that was like a sort of heart sinking moment. It's like,
0: uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I meant it. I thought it was funny, but I was like, no, like yeah, good job. You did it. You did it. All right. All right. <laughs>
1: that, that's, an, that's another thing. That's another wonderful example of how the, the tone of this movie rides such a nice line because it is still a funny moment. We're talking about how the sandwich and the juice are so horrible. He's like, I had to go to a McDonald's. But at the same time, it's layered with this scene where it's like, oh, wait, these guys are doing what could be considered the right thing for yeah. technically the wrong reason. And that is ultimately what this movie is leaving the audience with because we know these guys are bad dudes. We know that they are criminals that have, you know, had uh, commit illegal acts and have people killed. And we know all this other stuff. But once they remove the the pin that was holding everything together, then it ultimately, the way the film resolves and what happens after that is up to the audience it's not going to spoon feed you and no matter what you think of it you're still going to like these characters and you like that they survive that they're all together at christmas
0: talking about not spoon feeding people too it's like and again I, we've already spoiled stuff and i know that we, we mentioned that will be spoilers but like you don't even ha- you don't even get discussions of which is the one that shot her at the end yeah because you know and, one, one of them was the one the one that hit her and that's the whole point it doesn't it doesn't matter because you know they're trying to just get it done luckily it came out okay for our protagonists
1: oh yeah especially because i thought they were going to straight up have him die
0: there well i didn't know if it, i don't think everybody was going to die but um when i, well, I, I actually the- rewound it when i saw her get hit i rewound it because i knew obviously it was still one of them that did it but like i had to see it again i just had to like double check yeah. to see where she got hit maybe or something like that but um
1: i honestly thought it was going to be auto and uh i need to look up the names again i don't know that would make
0: sense uh, it would make sense if it, if it was i thought
1: otto, otto was going to be one of the ones that uh, otto and marcus i thought were going to die because i thought it was oh, going to oh. be... again this is probably this is probably the american remake thinking coming in but it's like okay we're obviously not going to have everybody get out of here believably and those are the two that are most damaged and those are the two that make the greatest sacrifice and then everyone else kind of bonds together around that But I'm glad that didn't happen because just (laughs) as bad shit can happen randomly, good shit can happen randomly. And I think that's the point of this. The point isn't that it's a a revenge film. There is a revenge film built in here, but that's sort of the, that's I guess that's sort of the carrots mixed. No, that's the mac and cheese. The carrots (laughs) that are being mixed in Oh, because because I've heard stories of people mixing carrot like baby food carrots into mac and cheese.
0: This is news to me. Okay, yeah, I was so about to, like, I, I it, was about to ask you where you were going, not only with any of it, but just necessarily okay. carrots yeah. and mac and cheese, because that's what confused me.
1: So the mac and cheese is the riders like the what you think Riders of Justice is going to be. The carrots that are mixed in are what the movie actually is, and it's this wonderful sort of story about shared trauma and getting over it and like you said asking for fucking
0: help yeah and i mean it, 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 it took him long enough but he but he did it the
1: scene where mads mickelson breaks in the bathroom yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's it's just really a i thought that was a superb moment that just is another reason why this film really is see just- fucking wonderful
0: and now i'm forgetting even and i watched and i just watched it the other night i'm forgetting but the, the order of certain scenes because in my head that scene happens and then it's it's almost directly after that where he makes the jab at otto being a bad father for not looking after his daughter that comes after that right when they're in the barn and and he, Otto says something to him about t- that's in the car,
1: like in the car. no, Otto- no, no,
0: no, 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 no! I'm oh. talking about after that. I'm talking about he's after he broke his nose and all that. Mm. They're in, they're in the barn. They have uh like coffee or tea or cocoa, whatever. I don't know what it is. And he's he's talking directly to him because I think it's after he he took him outside, and he says to him, just like you took care of your daughter, and Otto just stares at him for a good like minute, and you see the tear kind of come down. And He's like, "Yeah, you're right. I should have been." And that that's my, why I'm, yeah, that's that's why I'm my, telling you. And I think that happened after the bathroom scene,
1: like the outside talk that they're having before, like the final.
0: I think. I think. Yes. Yeah, right. I think. I think that's maybe right before they show up. Yeah. I think. You're right. Yeah. yeah.
1: But again, that's another one of those scenes where just
0: honestly, I I
1: I'm afraid to go back and look at the trailer again because I can only imagine how they sold this in the trailer and how it would stack up to how the majestic was sold in its trailer.
0: I don't was, remember.
1: You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna pull up the trailer. I think we're... it may
0: have been more comedic, the trailer.
1: See, even then, like even if it's more comedic, that's just something that uh, you're hiding. I know you understand you want to sell this in a certain way to get as many asses in seats. And I understand that you want to sell it in a way that doesn't turn too many twists because there's just wonderful, it's not, there's like one massive rug pull but the rest of them are just small, incremental, kind of like Martin McDonough, kind of like Imbrugge. I would pair this with Imbrugge because they are very similar bedfellows.
0: Well, if you want to talk about the one person who maybe could remake it more than Edgar Wright, maybe Martin McDonough could
1: do it. Ooh. Ooh, but then again- He makes more sense to me than Edgar Wright. Then again, one could say that he technically pre-made it when he did three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Hmm. Mm. Mm. yeah
0: but i mean they're 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 looking at different things though I mean, because ultimately at the end of the day mm. three billboards is is going is going in the direction is going in the direction of where we still try to fool ourselves uh you know uh, so i mean they have oh, different enough people, enough end billboards. goals at the end of it is what i'm saying you know
1: yeah but you know i, I would say similar enough neighborhoods but still i've i love writers of justice just i'm so glad that greg suggested this for us because it's another that's another reason why i i love doing this show and i will continue to say i love doing this show as long as i love it and i just really do because even if it's not on the list there's a chance that someone's going to come in with something that i've wanted to revisit or wanted to catch up on and both of those cases were proven through our taskmaster super max extravaganza plus that just, I, I I like when people bring us new things or old things, or just, I like when someone, like you said, gets the concept. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, here.
0: And dear listener, that is your cue to go and cross Rise of Justice off of your overdue rentals list to go and make sure you, if you haven't started watching Taskmaster, or if you're not a subscriber, if you are a fan, you haven't subscribed to Taskmaster Supermax Plus yet, go do it. if Again, for those who have never watched Taskmaster and not sure they want to go pay for a service yet, Go on YouTube. Everything that's already available to watch on Taskmaster Supermax Plus is available on YouTube and with ads and, uh, and um, all the cursing uh, bleeped out. Uh, so go and watch it on YouTube. It's a Taskmaster YouTube channel. Check it out and then cross all this off your overdue renders list because these are all things that you all should have seen if you have not seen them yet. Michael, where can people find us?
1: Wow. When we're not busy in our converted barn slash database, uh, you can easily Find our works on TikTok and Instagram at Overdue Rental Show, on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, on Facebook at Overdue Rentals. And if you want to send us love letters, recommendations, your theory of causality and why it doesn't matter in the end, please email us at overdurentals at gmail.com. Since you're already on the internet and I know you're at your computer and maybe the resolution on your monitor is just really painful, I understand that is a shit processor that you're working on Maybe push all that aside for a moment because you're here at the overdue rentals counter. And if you're here, that means your family, your members, whatever you want to call yourselves, fans, writer, fellow writers of cinematic justice, you know, we'll figure something out. Mm. But what you don't need to figure out is where to find us in order to listen to us. You can find us and listen to us. We're just going to say find, listen, find, listen, all the cue words that just cue you up for this, wherever you ethically source your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. I'm sure we're on the Google app thing. Uh, I'm sure there's one that Matt always mentions that I always forget. Was it Spreaker? Breaker. Breaker. Breaker, Breaker, 1-9. Uh, yeah, you can find us on the interwebs because, hey, we're here and I have nothing better to say about it. However, since you are doing us solids and we like to do you solids, please rate, review and subscribe us because we'd like to keep the Overdue Rentals counter open And to do that, we need people here. We need to know what you want to hear. Maybe even what you don't want to hear. But more importantly, we want to talk to you. Because I think you failed to return your copy of Titanic 25 years ago. And that's
0: going to be a problem because that was our only one. And I'm going to stop the clock. Michael, bye-bye. Bye-bye.